Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, back once again with that darn dirty Oregon duck, Matthew Page, <laughs> and that heinous Wazoo Cougar, Brian Solak. But wow, hey. <laughs> enough about those two people. We have a very special guest star. We have a hydroplane, a hydroplane racer, uh, Brent Hall, my former boss, actually. And great guy, all around great guy. And uh, we want to catch up with him. Brent, thank you for joining us once again here on the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. You and I got to talk last year. And there is a whole bunch of exciting news about where you're at these days, isn't there? Boy, there sure is. And I'm glad to hang out with you guys tonight. I almost divided the room and wore my Husky jersey, but decided not to. So yeah, <laughs> the box on, we're, we're ready right. to go. Yeah. Right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. One of the big... Uh, one of the biggest things uh, that's happened to you lately is uh, you joined as director of marketing for Detroit Unlimited and also are joining their team, aren't you? Sure am. This is really exciting for me. It's an opportunity for me to utilize my marketing skills, which have really helped me in hydroplane racing since day one, and take it to the next level. So my goal has always been to be an unlimited hydroplane driver and by being the director of marketing, I'm also have been named the backup driver for both the U7 and the U10. And so we've got great drivers and, and Patrick and, uh, and Bert, but I'll be there to back them up in 2022 and then also get qualified. And that would be a, a huge milestone for me. Right on. Hey, uh, first of all, I'm sorry you had to deal with working with Abraham. I'm, I know that must yeah, have been Yeah, you difficult. have our sympathies. That yes. one's, <laughs> hey, rough. Hey. No, Abraham's a good dude, and you all know that, but we also <laughs> like to pick on him. So that's Absolutely. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, you were part of our documentary last year. I know Abe filmed um, on our YouTube channel. We got a heck of a video for Shell Sports Union. Go check it out. Um, you were very insp inspiring. I mean, I've never met you until tonight, but you're, I want to thank you for that. Seriously. It was, it was great to listen to you talk to him. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could talk to Abraham that long. So props to you. <laughs> Man, you know, and I got to see how you guys cut that together and it, it came out great. It was nice to hear from different athletes and different sports and uh, their backgrounds and how COVID was affecting them. So powerful um stuff that you guys are putting together and i was just proud to be a part of it I was like wow that's me well we appreciate that feedback thank you um for my my question my first question to you is you started out ever since you were a kid you always wanted to be a hydroplane racer is that what i read well it, it's actually a little different and this, okay. is, this is the cool part so for me i loved hydroplane racing growing up on mercer island got to watch them as a kid every year my mom would have big parties at our house for Seafair and I would draw them, tell them buy my bike. You, you hear those stories. Mm -hmm. And then really I thought, well, you know, I'd love to do a radio controlled version of one. And I used to try and build them as a kid, never very successful at getting them finished, got them started. And then later in life as an adult, I started racing radio controlled hydroplanes and that gave me a chance just to, to play and, pretend like I was a hydroplane driver. But at that point, I don't know if I ever thought I'd get in one. And I was at a, at a it was a demonstration at a, a race that was called Tasting and Racing. 
And a gentleman named Skip Young came to me and he said, hey, how would you like to meet the first African-American to drive a hydroplane at Seafair? And I was like, you don't have to ask me twice. Let's go. And oh, that wow. was Harold Mills. So I thought, you know, I'll ask if I can be on his crew. And, and I asked. But what I appreciated about Harold was he didn't just say, sure, yeah, I'd love to have you. He kind of checked me out. A lot of times people ask and make promises, but don't keep them. And I kept calling and kept calling and kept calling. <laughs> I didn't care if I was, uh, you know, cleaning up dirty bolts or washing down the boat. I just wanted to be a part of it somehow. And that was back in 2005. And I ha was on his crew in 2005 when he won a trophy at Seafair. And really at that time, he's first African-American to win a trophy at Seafair. And, you know, I'm just following in his footsteps now, but Still, I didn't even know that I was going to be in hydroplane racing yet. And what happened was I started getting into the marketing side of hydroplane racing. And I thought, well, you know, I'd love to help Harold. He's a great story. And he ended up retiring that next year. I was like, oh, no. You know, I'm starting to get good at this marketing stuff. I, I've met uh, lots of people. I want to get him in front of AT&T. And I thought, well, gosh, maybe what I need to do is do a fundraiser for kids, see if I can get uh, the boat around the course and try myself. And that was me. And that was 2007. So I'm really proud, but it was kind of a, not a direct line to getting into hydroplane racing, but mm -hmm. I had a chance to do it. Uh, I made it around the course. Harold was my mentor my first time out and boy, it was wonderful. Uh, I thought, okay, you know, I got a lot to learn, still do, but I'm able to get it around the course and it was fun. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know the guys have questions to ask too. I, I have to ask one more real quick. Go for it. Gro growing up, I, I watched Seafair re religiously with my father and Bill Muncy was my favorite. Did you have a favorite growing up? Yeah, Bill's up there. I have several favorites and favorites for different reasons. So what I loved about Bill was that one of the best marketers I think any of us have ever seen. And I've watched, it's called the, the Muncie movie, but it comes from the Hydroplane and Race Boat Museum. It's about, boy, it's several hours of footage on Bill Muncie. Everything from him doing Miss Butterworth commercials. He mm -hmm. would interview other drivers. He was in BMW commercials. He wore the Squire shop jacket when uh, Chip's boat stopped <laughs> running. That's right. And I was just always so impressed with how he every time was figuring out how he could market the sport and whether that meant he was going to be the good guy, which wasn't always the way he went or the villain. Those are the things that people really loved about the sport back then was you had someone you could either root for uh, or you could root against. And because he started winning so much, people started rooting against him, but you know, he really made the sport amazing. So that's, that's one. And then another is, um, so obviously Harold, because he's he's been my mentor, so that that's huge to me. And we have conversations a lot just about hydroplane racing and and how how to corner, you name it. And I've got two others. The other Steve Reynolds, that's my okay. Mercer yeah. Island brother. Oh, uh, we, we we tease each other. We're always <laughs> we're Mercer Island buddies. What's up? And so <laughs> I talk to him. Boy, probably. It's been a little bit now, but, you know, for a while there was about once a month and he'd always go, hey, what's going on, buddy? And just check in with me to see how things are going. So it's just nice to be able to connect with people that 
I grew up watching and idolized and to actually have conversations with them and have them rooting me on is huge. And then the last, the last one I'll throw out and there's others. So if I left anyone off the list, I'll just say, Hey, sorry, these are the ones that I fit in for this hour. (laughs) John Walters and the pan pack hydroplane, the turbine was my favorite growing up. And I just remember watching that boat at Tri-Cities and boy, he floored it. And actually, you know, what they say is he really was only going about three quarter throttle, but the, the wing gave way and it flipped two and a half times and he survived it. But, you know, I just loved his, he was cool, calm, collected. And he's also another person that I had a chance to meet and chat with and learn from. And I remember when I took my radio control, I told him that I was racing a model version of his radio of his boat. And he said, well, did you win? And I love that he was pushing me to win. John Walters is an amazing guy. All of them are. Um, just really proud to get a chance to chat with them and uh, glean from them too. Nice. Yep. <clears throat> uh, so <clears throat> I wanted to ask you, uh, I, you know, we, I had a chance to kind of poke around and I found uh, your website and there's some videos that you like to show on there that, uh, yep. you know, the point of view camera is just as, as you're flying over the lake. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, you know, I can't, I can't even grasp how, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun, but also just looks scary as heck. I mean, I, I what drives you to do that? I, I, I guess I have to ask. And, and also how fast have you ever been? What's your, what's your max speed you've ever hit? Sure. Sure. So first what drives me to even do that? There's a, there is definitely an adrenaline rush that you feel going mm-hmm. that fast and, each type of hydroplane is different. I have a, and actually I have a tunnel hole too. So I have a tunnel hole that goes about 65 to 70 miles an hour, um, but it's 700 pounds with me in it. So it's really underpowered, only a 45 horse Evinrude or 45 cc Evinrude. And that's a different sensation because you really need to fly that off the, the top of the water. And actually that's the, the case in all the boats. You, the higher you are off the water and the less drag you have, the faster you go. And then there's another type of boat that I've been racing for the last six years. That's called a Grand Prix. And that boat is powered by a big block V8, 1500 horsepower. It grunts when you step on it. And that power to weight ratio in that boat is very drastic. So it, you know, it wants to squirrel when you get on it and you're fighting just to keep it straight. Um, and that's a, a, an unusual um, sensation in itself that, boy, when you're done racing that boat at the end of the heat, you're just like spent because mm-hmm. the amount of energy that you're putting in, it's, you know, just keeping it straight and, and staying out of other people's rooster tails. And I'll start giving the speeds that one, you know, usually about uh, buck 50, buck 60. You know, that's oh, wow. where we are in competitive. And then I've had the opportunity to test drive an unlimited and that is interesting. You'll hear other unlimited drivers say this, but it's a little bit like a school bus. And you're like, what? A school bus? Yeah, it's because it, it's a turbine engine and it takes a while for the, the speed and the momentum to build up. But you'll, just, you'll hear the jet engine behind you. It is propeller driven. But then all of a sudden you'll look over to your left and you'll notice buoys. <laughs> really, really fast it's like oh my gosh i am moving really, you really know it when you hit the corner it's about three and a half you know, anywhere three and a half to five g's in the corner and 
you're really trying to keep your head off the windshield on the other side. And that's something that you're working to. I saw, I saw something on your, on your page uh, about wanting to be an unlimited driver by 2022. You had previously been U7 and U10, which are the, uh, they're the non jet engine ones, right? No, actually, uh, so the U7 and U10, that's the team that I'll be on in 2022. And those are unlimited. So yeah. this is. Oh, they are unlimited. Okay. <laughs> yep. yep. But wait, you've been. Okay, then I'm very confused. I thought you were working towards unlimited. I am. So okay. and how I know what it feels like is that I had a chance to test drive in 2012. Uh, okay. 2012, I had a chance to drive the U9. I did it at both Tri Cities in Seattle. And again, you were asking, like, what's the fastest I've ever gone? And that was in my test session. The average speed was 139, and at the end of the straightaway, it was 174. And that's not sh- that's not too shabby. Really, you know, qualifying speeds, you need to be, it's like 13 laps with uh, at least, uh, I can't remember if it's six or nine at 130 or better. And these are yeah. miles per hour? Miles per hour, yep. And this is on bumpy water. So it's like you're on a dirt road, right? Rather than well, like asphalt. Qualifying's a little different. Qualifying, it it was a fairly smooth day. So okay. what you what is odd about an unlimited is in qualifying, it still is rough in the boat. Don't get me wrong in qualifying, but truthfully in race water, I mean they have swells that are three to five feet deep sometimes, you know, like holes that you can fall in. So that's when it's really super rough and you know, people spinning out or uh, hooking, you know, that that's when it gets rough, but qualifying in comparison uh, night and day. And that's, that's the piece that I need to get to is competition. Do you, how do you keep in shape? I guess over the course of the year, I mean, do you have a training re- resume? I mean, what do you do? Can't yeah. you see the equipment behind him? Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the people at home cannot, the people no, on the podcast can't see that. I'll, I'll paint the picture. We are in my <laughs> COVID office slash workout room slash <laughs> you name it. Um, this is where I hang out. And um, yeah, I do work on cardio a lot. And I've um, been starting to incorporate more weights, just trying to get stronger. You do want to have a really strong upper body when you're, you know, there's no power steering in these boats. It's, you know, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta get on it. Now the funny thing is my small boat, I've been getting my butt kicked a bit because if that boat needs to weigh 700 pounds with me in it and I'm about 40 over. So, oh, okay. so either the boat needs to lose weight or I do. <laughs> I've been working on me lately and trying to lose some weight and, you know, whether it's uh, watching what I eat, um, I'll probably get on the treadmill after this, but I, I'm, I have a goal that I need to lose those 40 pounds. And the, the interesting thing is, is that if I lost it in the boat, the only weight that I can take out of it is in the back. And that's not where you want it. You need the boat to be balanced. So a lot of the other drivers that I'm racing against all weigh, you know, about 30, 40 pounds less than me. So it's on me. I gotta, that's what I gotta do. And I don't feel like I'm uh, huge, but I'm also, I also got, uh, you know, I got a little, little cushion there. So that that's going to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, one, one more question I got to ask 1982. I, I, I can't forget when Dean Chenoweth flipped over and, 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 you know, died and missed Budweiser. What, what have they done to change the safety over the years for you to keep you guys safe? Yeah, boy, they've done a lot. And 
I want to say, I'm trying to remember if it was Dean's accident, but the Budweiser team really championed the the capsule. And I remember, and then that was one of my, that was my second favorite boat, which is the Miss the 85 Bubble Bud. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that particular boat, um, they had the first enclosed capsule air system. And so I have the same thing, even in my smaller boats, we've, we've done a lot as in regards to safety over the years and the number of unlimited drivers that have been, you know, killed in, in a boat, boy, that's gone down uh, substantially over the years. Now it's, you know, really, really just making sure every year we go through what's called a capsule test. And basically what it is, is they take a capsule and it's a cutout of an, uh, either an unlimited or a limited capsule with an air system in it. And the divers, uh, Region 10 Rescue here will take us out. They'll spin you around in it. Check, you have to give a thumbs up to say you're okay. You're not freaking out. And then they'll turn it upside down and let it fill up with water. Wow. And all, during that time, you've got an air mask on and you're, you know, making sure to collect yourself, purge your mask. And then it's your job to get yourself out. And you also need to make sure you're getting yourself out the right way. So you kind of follow the bubbles and you use your hands to crawl up the nose of the boat and then come out and you come out and then you pass. And that, that can be, a little unnerving. I've talked to other drivers and it's like, oh man, I hate the capsule test. And for, for me now, I've, I've really grown to, to look forward to it. I, it's something that I know is important. I also know that when we do it in a pool that's heated in 85, 90 degrees, it's nowhere near the same as what would happen as if it happened at Lake Washington and you're waiting for the rescue crew to get there and waiting for the capsule to, you know, equalize as far as the pressure. So you've got to keep yourself calm. That's okay. the number one thing. And that's why we practice. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Welcome. Remembering the, uh, the Mythbuster episodes in the car going underwater like that. It, yeah. It's just terrifying to think about yeah. it. Even when you're prepared for it, you know, even when you're prepared. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, there's a, there's a small comment here on your site that really caught my eye. Yeah. Would you care to explain a land hydro? <laughs> yes, I'm happy. I, I like you did your research. I like <laughs> this. This is a, a brainchild of mine, and it it goes back kind of far. I so when when I moved out of the the area, we had moved to North Carolina, and I had radio controlled hydroplanes. But in North Carolina, they wouldn't allow you to, to race them on their ponds and stuff because there's so little water there and it was all protected for fishing and you name it. And I was like, gosh, well, there's times where either like being in North Carolina, you're not allowed on ponds or boy, it's just cold in the winter and you're running a radio controlled boat. Those can stall at any time and you got to get out in a boat and chase after it. Or if you didn't bring a boat, you got to go swim after it. And I just thought it'd be fun. It's a little bit of old school, new school. People used to do the, you know, the tow the hydros behind their behind their bikes. And I thought that was cool. But I just thought it'd be fun to take a, a hydroplane body and stick it on top of an RC car. And then you can drive it around. And you can do that anytime, summer, winter, fall. We we actually had some of the, the kids doing that um, a couple weekends ago. And they, they really enjoyed it because you can race you don't have to worry about anything just go 
flip it back over and put it back <laughs> on the street and run. So we've had a blast with that. Sweet. That's pretty cool. I yeah. remember, I remember as a kid, we used to, uh, on our bikes, go through puddles to create the oh, rooster yeah. tails. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> not um, a good idea with radio-controlled cars that aren't waterproof, but true, true. <laughs> I yeah. have a question for you because last time I talked to you, you were with, uh, I think it was Hop Racing. Yeah. Yep. And now you're with Detroit Unlimited. Yep. The first thought I had is, are you moving to Detroit? Uh, but then I was, then I looked a little <laughs> bit more. Um, this is a this is a a, a company, and it's. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's an actual. They they have like a bunch of racers, right? They do. So they he has he has the two teams that are official, but boy, he's got almost a museum over there. Um, you know, it's it's amazing the number of boats that he has, and whether they're vintage or unlimiteds. And you know, it's just it for me. It's um, you know, it's it's fun to be a part of the team. Um, I'm learning a lot too. I met with uh, Rachel and she's, boy, I, I just uh, Rachel, call her. Rachel who? Um, Rachel Katapovic. And she is one of the, the crew members who focuses on data and um, the telemetry in the boat. And so we use a, a system called RacePack. And RacePack gives you telemetry data, you know, speed coming out of the corner. That's how I knew I was 174 at the end of the straightaway and what my corners were like. And really as a driver, your job is to analyze that data, see what you did well from a driver's perspective, see what props work better than others. There's, you measure everything from say prop slip to, and I know uh -oh, uh, Abraham's about to geek out here in a minute, but <laughs> there's just a lot of um, data points that you can look at to see is the boat performing well or not. That's awesome. Yeah, I was. I'm like, yeah. yeah tell I, know. I saw you. Tell, tell me, tell me about these analytics. <laughs> do you have, uh, uh, but I, quick, so do you have access to the, to the, like other people, other teams, uh, information or do you track other teams? So like you yeah. can compare yourself. I like say turn three, you're losing time to so-and-so and kind of see how he's doing. I'm learning a little bit about this part of the game. It does sound like H1 unlimited, which is the, that's the, the, or, the racing organizing body for unlimited hydroplanes. There is some data that they are publishing for all the boats, mm -hmm. just to transparency, allowing people to know what people are doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm newer to the team and Rachel and I just got a chance to do a zoom call just like this. And we walked mm -hmm. through the data and I said, well, show me this, show me that. <laughs> so, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of learning, but yes, I would love to understand like how Dave Billwalk uh, uses his his wing compared to the way I might or another driver might. When you watch Dave Billwalk, who today is the winningest driver and whether active or uh, retired, and you know he just he has a skill set that is unmatched. And anything that I can learn from a driver like that, whether it's through data or getting a chance to talk to him, you know that's that's definitely what I want to do. <clears throat> that's really cool i this is so crazy this is so crazy brent yeah 15 years ago you were a guy who uh you know like you were you worked at you were you were director he's a guy right AT &T. now still, hang on <laughs> calm down over there calm down over there i'm sorry yeah. uh, hey, no, 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 everything's oregon you dubs on saturday calm down um 
the <laughs> but no, 15 years ago, you were a guy at AT&T, director of of the building. Uh, Matt and I worked there, uh, you know, and Matt, you do look familiar. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I worked there 15 years ago, I worked there 10 years ago. Can I tell the story? No, okay, anyway, <laughs> um, the point. The point is, uh, no, you, you were the guy who, oh, that's adorable. He's, he's gonna, he's gonna get in the boat and like go, go sailing real fast or something like that. And it, it <laughs> it's your career, sir. This is like your actual job now, isn't it? Well, no, I mean, I still, I still run call centers. So I'm I know, still- I know that, but I mean, like I, when I think of you though, now the call center is just a side side job that you do. And this is, this is you, this is, this is exciting. This has gone from, uh, you know, just an, uh, you know, an active interest into an actual, uh, like I said, career. I mean, you're the direct, you're the director of marketing there at uh, Detroit unlimited. You're racing, um, and you're having a lot of success. And I just, I'm, I'm excited for you. I just wanted to say like, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's probably like Brian was saying, you know, like, uh, inspiring it's, it's inspiring people. Like, you know, you can do what you want to do if you set out and set out to do it and, uh, stick with it. Boy, thank you. You know, that, that does mean a lot. And for me, I think I've said this before, but to be close to a hydro, let alone drive one is absolutely a dream come true. And I remember when I had the chance to drive the U9 in 2012 and I, looked up and I could see where our house used to be on Mercer Island. Boy, just goosebumps. And I'm getting an opportunity to work with uh, a great team, you know, and uh, two great drivers, both from Canada. So that's kind of the other uh, cool thing about our story is that we, you know, have a driver that uh, is a French Canadian, speaks fluent French. Um, Another driver who builds amazing limited race uh, hydroplanes and race boats. So, you know, I, I just, I feel really blessed to uh, have the opportunity because trust me, a lot of people uh, have worked super hard and deserve opportunities as well. And so you just, you, you, you know, I'm humbled by it. And then at the same time, I'm not going to let the opportunity go to waste, you know, and I, I really feel like the sport is looking for someone to, you know, really be someone that people do look up to and, uh, and that kids, Oh man, I want to talk to Brent again. He was so cool. And <laughs> if I can do that and inspire one kid or if one kid can see me and go, well, I didn't think anyone who looked like me or, you know, maybe is the same origin as me could do that. Um, but now I'm inspired then man, job, job done, you know, mm-hmm. but I just have a lot more that I want to do in racing um, and I'm going to kind of back up to this too, is that my son is starting to race and wow, I, I get, I get excited and emotional about that because um, he, he wasn't sure about it. He really didn't, didn't really care about hydroplane racing probably the first nine years of his life. And, you know, I try and drop videos in, I think I, we have baby t-shirts with hydroplanes on it. And uh, he's just like, eh, no, no. I play basketball. I was like, all right. So that's cool. But then this year he came back from a trip to Ethiopia and I mm. said, hey, you know, Seafair got canceled. So I think we're going to try this J-boat racing, which is J-hydroplane racing for kids. And you can start at nine. 
said, we'll try it for a year, you know, see what you think. And he said, Ishii. And I said, what? He said, Ishii. And that's um, Amharic for yes. Oh, nice. And I think, boy, I got so emotional. I'm like, oh, let's do this. And uh, <laughs> so that's, that was this year. And we bought him a J-Stock hydroplane. He has his own little motor. He got a chance to race. It's called J-Stock Runabout, which is not quite a hydroplane. It's more of a... It's more of a more boat style, but he's got that boat too. And, you know, he did, he did well. He really was smart. He didn't go out and, you know, try and blow the doors off or drive ahead of himself. He just, you know, looked for open spots, really tried to drive defensively, didn't bang into anybody else. And now we're actually getting ready to go to Parker, Arizona for Thanksgiving and he'll be racing there. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're super excited. Now the funny thing is he's probably more excited about the RV that we're renting versus uh, the boat. <laughs> right. We're starting, we're starting, but I just, it's been fun to have him start getting into hydroplane racing. There's a great group of kids that, that he gets to hang out with. And many of them are second, third, fourth generation uh, racers. And, mm. you know, so unlimited drivers that, that you would know today. And he gets to hang out with them. His first, uh, his first sleepover was at J. Michael Kelly's house. And he's really proud of that. So it's, mm. this has been an amazing year. Surprisingly in COVID, you know, the gift that it brought me was that my son decided he wanted to race. And, you know, it could be a year and he could be done. That, that happens, but just that he even tried it and that he's really liking it and making good friends and world to me. That's awesome. You actually, I was going to ask you about your son. I heard he was racing, but thank you yeah. for sharing that. You're building um, a dynasty. Building, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said he played basketball. Did I read that you coached him in basketball too? I did. I did. And we are actually, I think tomorrow, that's on my to-do list is to find where I can have him play basketball. It is crazy right now with COVID and, you know, we used to do NYBA out of Woodenville and, you know, uh, Watts basketball is another one that's been uh, really helpful, Donald Watts. So I, I think I'll probably reach out to Donald and just see what leagues that he can get involved with. He's a great player. He's one of those kids that just, He's a natural at everything, but he doesn't like to practice. It's like, dude, you got to practice. And then he'll get out there and make four. And he's like, see, I told you. I'm like, okay, well, you're not helping my my uh, thing, but you're going to need to practice. So you got a little Allen Iverson there. Right? <laughs> practice? Practice? You got <laughs> Do you yeah. have a basket? Do you have a basketball hoop at your house? Or we do. Yep. Basketball okay. hoop. I I think I shoot on it more than he does. Yeah, we got a basketball hoop out back, and uh, he likes to play. And this is our this is our name for it. Shouldn't offend anybody. But we play ghetto tennis. What that means is just hit the tennis ball in the street. So like not even at a court, but like we'll hit it back and forth. And he's a good tennis player too. I think that's that's probably the next sport that he needs to try. Right on, right on. Used to do that in my my neighborhood back in the day. See, ghetto tennis. Take, yeah, take the uh, <laughs> take the bracket and just hit it as hard as you possibly could, as high as you possibly could. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, good times. Awesome. 
Do you have a loving and supporting wife for your career that you're currently doing? You must. I, if uh... yeah, I do, I do. I'm really fortunate, knock on wood, and that you know we haven't had anything crazy happen. She's been very supportive. She's like, go do what you love. I'm going shopping, but I will tell you <laughs> that has changed. So since little Brent has gotten involved, she really wants to be there to support and has come on boat racing trips all this year. She's been joining us and you know, watching the races, which is, which has been great. Now we've been working on, okay, can't be a helicopter mom. So I tease her about that because she likes to know everywhere he's going, but you know, he's making friends and he's out hanging out with kids, but you, you know, you just never can be too safe. You just don't know this. Sometimes in this world, there's people who want to do harm. And so I totally get from a mom's perspective, but I also know boy, he's got to learn and grow. So I'm just glad she's, they're supporting us coming to Parker, Arizona with us on the, on the trip. And I think we'll see if we like RV and we'll, I think the real back. question that Brian had for you, cause he's trying to figure this out yeah. is how the heck did you approach your wife and say, you know what? I'm going to be a hydroplane racer. And I, cause I'm sure Brian has some, something going on in his life right now. He wants to tell his wife. Yeah. He's going to tell his wife a good question. I don't know what yeah. it is. Like maybe Brian's going to say like, I'm going to grow a mustache or something. Like that. Um, hey, it's November, right? Wow. <laughs> you no, know, I, I don't even remember asking. That's what's so funny. I don't remember the thing to do. Like, Oh, I got to ask her. We just, she knew I liked the radio controlled ones and had seen me buy and you can spend a lot of money in those. And I said, I, you know, this is something that I want to do. And, you know, she knew the the relationship that I was building with Harold and was excited about that. She's just been really supportive and thank goodness, nothing crazy happened early. Otherwise she probably would have yanked me and said, eh, no, enough of that. <laughs> There's but your key. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Now I think it's, it's, um, you know, seeing that I really have a chance to to make some history here. And Harold did a lot of the, the heavy lifting, several time national champ and, you know, top racer in several different classes. And he got a chance to qualify in an, or qualify laps in an unlimited, but we never got him over the finish line. So really if, well, I'll say when I qualify as an unlimited driver, I'll be thinking about the Harold Mills of the world, the Skip Youngs of the world who really paved the way for me and gave me a chance to see, wow, there's someone in that boat that looks like me. And, you know, you don't always think about how important that is, but when you don't see someone in a, in a sport that looks like you, you don't know if that sport's for you. And, you know, I'm, I just want to inspire people of all um, races, backgrounds, you name it, that want to come into racing, come give it a try. It's, it's different. There's a lot to it. There's math involved, you know, when you're trying to figure out your starts, it's just, uh, and I'm still learning. So, you know, I, I just want to see more people love the sport the way I do. There you go, Brian. So if you want to grow that mustache, or if you want to go scuba diving, <laughs> just tell your wife, you're making history. You're making history. history. It is. Yeah. It's your passion. It, it, it drives you while you get up in the morning. You know, uh, there it is. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you know, you mentioned you know want to inspire, and you've also done some uh, some charity work. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you wanted to talk, uh, tell us a, bit, a little bit about your uh, community homes uh, fundraiser. Oh, sure. Sure. Wow. Wow. Thank you, man. You have done the homework. I like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and you're giving me a chance to uh, to talk about great, a great organization. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. We met Community Homes through the sale of my wife's uh, built family home. She used to run a home for seniors for about 15 years, and you know we sold the home. It's on the river in, in Bothell, actually, and where they used to run the the hydroplane races on the slough. And we just really got to know community homes as they were purchasing the home and they create homes for people with intellectual and um, developmental disabilities or, or challenges. And they picked our home, loved the, the location. And just as I started learning more about what they were doing, I was like, boy, I'd love to help. And so as we kind of finished up, you know, selling the house and, you know, converting it over to them, I just wanted to get involved. So I'm now on the board for community homes and, you know, we're talking through how to continue to grow and, and make that um, and kind of take that to the next level. And we had a, a gala event that was uh, a virtual event and they asked us to, to put out, put together um, things that people could bid on. And I, I've done this in the past, but I just thought we're going to do a, a VIP all access pass for four to hang out with me at the hydroplane races. So as long as Seafair 2022 happens, uh, family of four. Knocking on wood. What's it? Knocking on? Yes. Thank you. Knock <laughs> on wood, cross fingers and toes. Uh, this family is going to come hang out with me and they'll be able to, to be behind the scenes, come be part of the crew, we'll take them out to lunch, Sweet. but really get a bird's eye view to what happens in hydroplane racing. And when I've done it before, uh, I did it for a Primera auction. I've done it for AT&T. Boy, people just mind blown. Like, wow, I had no idea how much goes on behind the scenes with hydroplane racing and getting to meet all the drivers. And I didn't know how personable they are you know, I just get to see them on TV. You know, we, we all really just want to connect with the fans and, and spend some time, but you know, definitely there's a time to race, but we also have time to, to chat and, and want to be able to share the sport that we love. Is there a set room in your boat for a second person? If you ever decided to give me a ride in Lake Shotgun? Washington? Shotgun. Well, <laughs> not, not in mine, but there are okay. a couple boats out there. There are a couple boats out there that there's a four seater hydroplane and Mark oh, Evans, put this together it's it's a really neat idea um he does it in chelan more more often than not now mm. but i actually got a chance to take my mom i think she was 86 at the time oh, and wow. my mom my son who was probably about four at the time he took us for a, a spin in this <clears> four theater <throat> it's a full-size unlimited hydroplane with two huge outboard motors off the back it's a little safer that way and it's got a roll cage but we hit, I think we hit like 71 miles an hour with, nice. uh, with my 86 year old mom. <laughs> 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 now you know where it, where it all started. Like my mom is where it truly all started. She loved hydroplane racing. And every, like I said, every year we'd have those parties, those seafair parties, and she'd invite all of her friends. Biggest hydroplane fan. She loved Bill Muncy, by the way. That was oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Without uh, for her to get a chance to be in one, man, I, that just that made my made my day, made my year, <laughs> and uh, the smile you just couldn't wipe it off her face. Nice. That's pretty cool. So, uh, without Seafair, uh, yeah. and I understand Seafair is one of the big races. Were, were you able to at least 
participate in some other races last summer? Yeah, last summer, you know, I really, I really stepped back a bit. So you mentioned hop racing. Boy, have they done a lot to help me gain skills, learn about racing. Um, but one of the challenges we had on the team was we were down to one boat. Their, their other boat, they had two Grand Prix hydroplanes, and one of them lost to Sponson uh, in the last race of the season. And for those of you who maybe don't know what a Sponson is, it's, it's basically the whole, I can't remember if it was, I think it was the whole left side of the boat on that, on that particular boat. So like losing a third of the boat and it came off. Um, so that they're working on repairing. <clears throat> and then Jerry Hop's son, <clears throat> excuse me, Jerry Hop's son, Greg Hop, just a hot shoe. He's been in unlimited. He's, um, you know, started when he was nine he is really taking hop racing to the next level. You know, when you see Greg, <clears throat> excuse me, when you see Greg uh, drive a boat, I mean, he is just uncorked. I mean, stuff flying all over the place. You know, he probably pushes it at least another five to seven miles an hour faster than Jerry and I do. It's amazing to watch, um, but it takes a while to get to that level. And, you know, they also will give him the chip that is unlimited because he, knows that if he uh, blows the motor, he's the one who puts it back together. And, you know, those are some of the things that you don't know behind the scenes, but wow. I mean, you know, hop racing has done um, a ton for me and a ton for the sport and just excited that they're uh, continuing on. And so they, they, they raced uh, hop racing this year. I focused on my little boat, which is uh, the tunnel hole and then really had a, a blast focusing on Brent. Um, and so that's what I focused on this year. And then obviously working behind the scenes to get together with the, uh, the Detroit team. Right on 2018. If, if you don't mind me asking you, yeah. you, you fought a, you fought a battle that you won. Um, yeah, basically when I read your story at the end, I, I I'm the emotional one of these three and I was in tears. <laughs> I mean, I, props to you. I mean, you care yeah. to share a little bit about it. Oh, happy to. Yeah. And it is, it is a success story and every day it's a success story. So it's interesting. I, I didn't, and I'll talk about this too. It's something that I've been studying lately, but at the time, you know, I was uh, diagnosed with kidney cancer and uh, yeah, 2018 uh, healthy, still could run six, seven miles. And um not to be graphic, but I had blood in my urine. I was like, wow, what the heck? And it was too much not to, you know, to dismiss. It was like, okay, this isn't right. And I was getting ready to go on a business trip, went to urgent care and went on the business trip. I think it was uh, outside of San Francisco. And I got a call from my doctor that Monday and he said, hey, you don't have to come home, but you're pretty sick. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, uh, we need we need to see you as soon as you get back and you know finish your trip, but we need to see you. I was like, oh, okay. And so sure enough, got there and they said that I had um, my my kidney, my left kidney was um, overgrown with uh, a, a really large tumor. And I was like, gosh, how could this be? I'm healthy, like I don't have any symptoms. I get a, in, in boat racing, I have to get a uh, DOT physical every year. So everything checked out every year to make sure I'm safe to race. You know, how could we have missed this? And 
sure enough, I had basically stage three kidney cancer. So that meant that a large mass on my kidney and it had spread to my lungs. I was like, huh, okay. Um, I thought, man, uh, you know what? I've always lived life to the fullest. I think uh, Abraham knows that and love life. And hey, if this is it, this is it. But boy, you know, I got a, a son who was looking uh, for me to be there for him, a wife and family members. So I was like, well, this is the this is the challenge that I've been given. So what am I going to do about it? And sure enough, I think it was a month later, I had my kidney removed. And uh, that night I was already up walking and, you know, which is crazy. And then they said, you don't need to be here. We're going to send you home the next morning. And I just thought like, how can I fight through this? And luckily, you know, I had a great team that looked out for me at UW Medical Center to do the procedure, Dr. John Gore. And then Dr. Thompson, who I, I tease all the time, I say, Someday you're going to put me on a bus as a successor. I said that to him probably like day three. And I just knew that I was going to figure out a way to, to get through this. And we had it. There was a clinical trial that had just become official. And, you know, I was put on that and it was working. So the great news is, is that, you know, they removed the kidney. They you know cleaned out the area. And then this immunotherapy started working on the, the cancer spots in my lungs and, now there's no sign of uh, cancer present, which is amazing. But mm. I just knew like, hey, you don't get too high or too low with this stuff. You know, so I, I can't, you know, oh, my gosh, it's gone. Or, oh, my gosh, the world's over. It's just got to be in the middle. And what I was going to share is that, you know, I, I later learned that there's uh, some teaching around that. It's called uh, neutral thinking. And I don't know, you, you just knowing that you're all our sports fans, um, you know, Russell Wilson's mental coach, Trevor Moad, just passed recently. Mm-hmm. And boy, I read his book, Takes What It Takes. And what an amazing book, but it talks about neutral thinking. And it really talks about how you can't get too high, you can't get too low. And a matter of fact, you know, you can either be going the negative direction, which is one thing, or the positive direction. But truly to, to make a conscious change, you have to put yourself in neutral. And think about what you're going to do. You know, I think he cited like how Russell would do that when maybe he threw an interception, but you notice how he doesn't, uh, he doesn't waver. He doesn't, uh, you know, get upset, doesn't get too high or too low. Sure. There's sometimes he'll show emotion, but boy, is he calm, cool and collected when maybe a mistake has happened and there's always a chance. And I, you know, I love that kind of learning. Um, you know, the, uh, they created a company together called Limitless Minds. And, you know, I've kind of been digging into that. I'm a big audio book uh, junkie. So <laughs> I probably listened to that book four or five times, but I'm always trying to learn and grow. And whether it's, um, you know, takes what it takes. Um, boy, I just, I listen to a lot of books and absorb just to, to make myself better and uh, to be able to share. That's pretty Thanks cool. For asking about that. Re- reminds Thank me a lot you. of, um, the middle path for Zen. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I well, what's the book that he wrote? Sure, it, it takes what it takes. It takes what and it takes. so and it talks a lot about Russell and boy, just how he handled being or making a, a mistake in that pass to the the Patriot defender in front of the largest audience in the world, 
And, you know, he was able to come out and speak to it and own it, didn't blame anybody else. And then you see other quarterbacks who may have been thumped. I'm not going to use names, but there's a name in the book, um, you know, and then that person's making excuses and later trying to justify, well, that was a hot moment. Well, Russell was in the same hot moment, but based on how he, his mental toughness and the way he looks at things is how he responds differently. And I, I think you're going to see the same thing happen. I'm going to predict you're going to see the same thing happen when he comes back, even though major adversity with his finger, he's going to come back and do something great. Yeah. I think yeah. I can, you know, I'm glad you said that because I can see that in retrospect uh, when you were the director at AT&T uh, because there were a lot, I guess it was singular at the time. Uh, there were a lot of changes and things that, uh, potentially we're going to, uh, tick off a lot of people. Um, and, uh, but conversely, there's a benefit to it. And it's, uh, I think that's your man. I definitely think that's your management style based off yeah. of reflection of. Oh, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've always tried to be that person focus on what you can control. And it's interesting. This neutral thinking was even, even taught me a little something about sometimes being too positive can annoy people too, right? Sure. I mean, I've always been that positive guy, but sometimes it's like, man, I don't need to hear that right now. I'm going through something really tough. So it's really backing up and saying, all right, well, what can we control? What can we focus on? And really being okay with what the truth is and then working your way out of it. So I think that that was some growth that I learned in, in myself. But I still, I, I still am a super positive guy, but at the same time, you, you know, you just need to know where, where that belongs and uh, how, to, how to use that to the benefit. But one thing that's clear, and this is what the book talked about, is negative thinking works 100% of the time, and it's 100% negative. Good point. Right on. Yeah. Well, who's, uh, more, who's more positive, you or your wife? <laughs> man don't get me in trouble oh. <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> no i am well trained don't even start okay <laughs> what's we're running towards the end of the show here i just was curious what's next yeah. uh i know you want to be running unlimited in 2022 um yeah and yeah, yeah what's what, what do you envision for next uh next racing season yeah, so for next racing season, obviously we've we built a, a a family, and so the Detroit Racing Unlimited is the hub, and for for me, it's getting to know that team and learning from them, and you know I I just want to see the team progress, and with racing and with anything, boy, money sure helps, and so one of the things that I'm able to do is build sponsorship relationships, but I've really been proud of myself that I've built sponsorship relationships where the sponsor was like, wow, that was good. Let's do it again. And I think you have to be careful if, if you just look for the money and aren't willing to give more than they ever expect in return, they won't be back. And so that's, that's one of the things that I, I really always try and give is give the sponsors a great, uh, um, a great experience and something that they're proud of. You know, I think of sponsors that we've had, all the Volkswagen dealers and Pignataro Volkswagen, Overture Volkswagen. They're really proud. They've been with us six, seven years, uh, nice. you know, with Hop Racing. And, you know, AT&T had sponsored when I got in the Unlimited. And, you know, again, that's a funny story because that 
Um, yeah, I don't mind. I, let me tell you that one. This is Brent Hall at work. So <laughs> I thought, okay, first I, I thought I'd drop off like this PowerPoint presentation to the president. He was at a meeting and he's like, mm, and then kind of stuck it in. <laughs> oh no, well, this is totally not the right thing to do. I was like, okay, I get it. So then our uh, VP GM uh, at the time of the Washington market, he did a United Way campaign and it was lunch with with uh, Mike Maxwell. He'll love that I, I share this. And I bid on it and bid on it and made sure I got it. And I was like, okay. And he said, hey, Brent, lunch on me, anywhere you want to go, the finest restaurant in, the, in town. I said, how about box lunches at the call <clears throat> center and 30 minutes of your time? <laughs> and he said, what? And I said, yeah, box lunches at the call center and 30 minutes of your time. And I could tell he was nervous about it. He's like, oh, no, what, what is <laughs> what, what's going to happen here? What did I get myself into? Exactly. And he, <laughs> can you give me a heads up? No, 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 don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Just, just, need to, just need your time. And, you know, I went and presented that, hey, I wanted AT&T to sponsor a, a five-liter hydroplane. Here's what I want to do. And he's like, Thank God we can do this, man. We can do this. I thought you were going to ask me for a job in marketing or something. And I'm like, <laughs> but I, I think I did put a pretty good put forward on how to market. But, you know, sponsorship is, is a big part of this. And so that's what I want to bring to the team is sponsorship. I want to really bring uh, new fans into the sport. And also, I think what you'll see is I really want to showcase our J Kids program. We've done it before where we've had at Seafair, we've had the J kids actually race um, you know, in between the unlimited events and they do little bios on the, on the kids, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I just think that we can do even more to, to maximize that. And probably three or four years ago, um, I had worked on an idea with uh, Dave Valancourt and Larry Oberto, and we called it the Oberto Drivers Program. And it was a chance for kids to, like think about uh, World Cup when the famous soccer players come in and they have a kid in their jersey and they all walk in together. Well, the thought was to, to do that with hydroplane racing, to have those kids be, um, you know, assigned to a team and learn and grow and understand like, wow, what it's like to be an unlimited driver. And I was really proud of that. But I think we can take that even further into the next level. We have the kids racing we wrap the boats like the other unlimited drivers, but I just want to do even more with that story. And, uh, you know, again, I think part of how we get people excited about hydroplane racing is getting our young folks excited. And does that mean we offer up to kids, hey, if you do well in school, there's this opportunity for you to get to take some test laps? You know, I, I just have a lot of ideas on how we can continue to grow the sport. My buddy Nels, who's one of our sponsors with Boitano Homes, he and I brainstorm a lot. And, um, you know, I think finally what I would just say is not only, you know, do I want to build up the team, but I want to continue to build relationships. And I have had the unique opportunity to be mentored by several people. When I think of like Larry Oberto, who's run the Oberto hydroplane racing team for years mm -hmm. and sponsored that. We talk all the time. Um, we hung out in Hawaii this year. You know, we went fishing, talked boat racing. Um, you know, I reach out to folks like uh, Bruce Motti, and I don't know if you know that name, but he's he was the athletic director during the time of the 
the Fab Five uh, for University of Michigan. Okay. And he also is connected with Hydroplane Racing, and we have a monthly call just to talk about what Brent needs to be doing on his website that's a little out of date, so I'm glad you didn't call me out on that. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, you know, how do we engage in the sport and, you know, LinkedIn, and do we need different racing formats? What's, you know, how can we make this different? So, I just realized that I can be kind of that person who brings all of those uh, good ideas in and, you know, tries to uh, surface those through whatever chair I'm in, whether it's director of marketing, whether it's in the seat, whether it's out with the fans and, or whether it's hanging out with my son while he's racing his boat. But boy, I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, props to you, man. I seriously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's exactly how you want to approach it. If you want to grow the sport, you've got to hit them, get them while they're young, you know, and get them, get them involved in their kids. I can, I can think that, you know, when I, about it, when I, when I was young, if they, if there'd been some kind of organization that, you know, I, I'd been able to join and maybe I would have gotten involved in, in some mm -hmm. racing. I don't think I would have gotten in the hundred plus mile an hour boats. So that <laughs> seems a little too scary for me, but, uh, you know, some, some light racing would be fun. It would definitely be, be, uh, get me involved and and uh i can see a lot of kids nowadays if you, you know if you can get an outreach of some kind going yeah that's, i could see it growing that's what's neat i mean there's all there's different levels for all different types of racers and there are some 62 year old kids that are racing or <laughs> my, you know jerry hop who you know i talked about earlier he just turned 75 mm -hmm. and uh, still can drive the wheels well not wheels but can drive the heck out of a boat yeah. right and uh I, it just it's just getting the opportunity to do it and being around it or knowing where it is and that's part of the power of the internet like i don't i wouldn't have been able to meet a john walters or i wouldn't have been able to, to reach out to steve reynolds if it wasn't for facebook like you know that's given me the opportunity to reach out and and learn and meet people actually bruce Motti too so you know i think that's something that we've got to utilize as well is how do we utilize technology to bring people in? Is it, mm -hmm. and you talked about the, the videos that I had on my website now, I mean, we have, you know, 360 cam videos where you can put your VR goggles on and it's just like being in the boat. I mean, well, it's, that'd be scary. it's really, yeah, yeah you, you, you start, your stomach starts feeling it because you're like, oh, you're a little Blair Witch project, but it, it, there's a lot that I think we can do with technology that will take it to the next level. Right on. All right. So we're at the end of our show. I want to thank our guest, Brent Hall, for joining us today. Brent, we always do a little positive something, something at the end of the show. We okay, do, we do, it's called a shout out. And uh, what we do is we try to put something, someone, somewhere, somehow in the spotlight as, a, uh, as basically a way for us to get our get our karma uh in the right place get our chakras aligned um, yeah, brian, brian said a negative one once and abraham never let him forget it i never oh, let no. him forget it <laughs> but uh yeah in fact let's let's have brian start so you can kind of see how this goes <laughs> brian, brian what's your let's shout? see how you do it all right i got two uh first one is to my gorgeous wife of 27 years she surprised me last weekend it was my 50th birthday and took me to the Tulalip casino and i got to see skid row in concert and I just want to say I love you, honey, for for that surprise and just being putting up with me for that long. And then I special another shout out to you, Brent. I mean, 
seriously, you're an inspiration and thank you for sharing your stories with us. And I'm going to continue, we're going to continue to follow you and I'll promote you however we can, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll do a shout out to Eastern Washington University who allowed Matt and I to roam their sidelines uh, against <laughs> Weber State on October 23rd. Thank you to my old alma mater for, for letting us uh, letting us and A couple partake. of hoodlums on their field. Oh, shoot. Matt, Matt <laughs> shout out for you. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give a, give a uh, well, a couple here real quick. Uh, I, I have to give a shout out to Janine Solak, who's probably standing right to the, to the right outside of camera range of, of Brian right now. No, um, which she is why you said that. No, and, <laughs> but no. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, give thanks to uh, Kyle Seeger of the Mariners, and for the eleven years that he he played for the Mariners, and he was he's a lot of fun to watch, and it, it's sad to see him go, but he's going. And also, uh, I want to give a nice farewell and a surprising farewell to uh, Yusei Kikuchi, who opted out and is going to go be a free agent. Um, you know, so we're going to lose some team, some guys from a, a really good team, but hopefully, you know, they can find good challenges in the future. All right, Brent, shout out for you. Okay. I get how this works and you guys are going to tease me, but um, that's okay. My wife doesn't get enough credit. You know, <laughs> we talked, we talked about this earlier and you asked, Hey, how does your <laughs> wife deal with all this and com- compared to what it could be? Boy, I just, just amazing that she allows me to follow my dreams. And I know sometimes she sees the bank account and you bought what? <laughs> <laughs> how many props and how many boats for Brent? And, you know, but to allow uh, both of the, the, the men in her life or boy and man in her life to go pursue boat racing and, and now come along with us and uh, enjoy the ride too. Boy, that that means a lot, and uh, that takes a special person because I know deep down, she, I'm sure there's times where she worries. She doesn't let us see that though, and you know, again, knock on wood, we haven't had anything to to make her worry or to to pull our driver's cards. But you know, <laughs> she's just always always been kind of that calm behind the scenes, you know, do what you love, baby. And like I said, I'm going shopping. So that's what I attribute to is my wife. Very cool. And where can people find you in Detroit Unlimited Racing? Yeah. So the easiest for me um, is to go to my Facebook page. uh, And I have a site. It's Brent Hall Racing on Facebook. It's uh, uh, info at brenthallracing.com for email. And then uh, www.brenthallracing.com for our website. And I would just say that, you know, I've said this in other telecasts, feel free to reach out. I, there's nothing um, that I enjoy more is to someone reaching out and wants to learn more about the sport, or even if maybe you're potentially thinking about getting in the sport or just want to be involved somehow, you know, someone, like I said, someone did that for me. So really looking for a way to pay that forward. And so if you hear this message, reach out. <laughs> and then Detroit Unlimited, uh, yeah, so they, they, they it's Detroit Unlimited uh, on Facebook as well, right. and definitely can con- connect the connect you with the team, and you know, and we I'll say this as kind of a final plug. There's a lot that goes on to in boat racing, and whether it's little boats or big boats, uh, crew. You know, if you if someone wanted to be part of the crew or wants to see their logo on a boat, 
Um, you know, there's all different types of ways to help. And some of it's with uh, sponsorship, but obviously some of it's just dedicating time to, to helping us get the book together for the weekend. Excellent. Well, thank you. That is hydroplane racer Brent Hall and our friend and uh, former Newport High uh, superstar, right? Uh, <laughs> we are the Seattle Sports Union. Once again, uh, for Matt Page, Brian Solak, myself, Abraham DeWeese, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Check out all of our great content on seattlesportsunion.com as well. Check us out on social media at Seattle Sports U on Twitter and Seattle Sports Union on Facebook. Click like. You like us, right? I hope you do. Uh, check out all our great podcasts here on Podbean, on Spotify, and iTunes. And we'll see you guys next week.